What's up, nerds and nerdettes? You have entered the fortress of nerditude. Welcome to another episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, the Duke of Nerds, Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South. I am one nerd to rule them all. One nerd to find them. One nerd to bring them all and in the nerdledge, bind them. And joined, of course, by my co-host, the Podfather, 30 and nerdy the doctor of nerdonomics the guy who's out to make earth nerd again the juice is loose people he's freshly squeezed he's my precious dr davis michael vannin melanin michael vannin and hello uh been excited for this one i'm telling you dude the last few months has been like not that, you know, I don't, I enjoy aspects of every episode we release, but like September being Hobbit month, going into October, which is always big for us, going into Ghostbuster stuff, now Christmas stuff, and now we're celebrating 20 years of Fellowship of the Ring, and then what our next, our last two episodes coming up are, dude, it's just been a whirlwind of fun. There's lots of things going on. There All is. the things are happening and i feel like when the winter the late fall winter area is becoming the second summer a lot of you know entertainment industries are like you know summer blockbusters are great but have you done thanksgiving to christmas releases oh man people come out in droves there's something there there's something there i mean especially since you know Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter kind of paved the way for some of those holiday style releases, but man, our generational at least. Yeah. It's going to get to the point where like, there's little, you know, coming from a tourist town, dead season for the box office, you know, quote unquote dead seasons. It's going to come a time where you, you will be able to predict like, well, nothing will really release in like, february or march but after that it's film season you know so a lot going on and you all have tuned in uh when we're on and we are very thankful for that if you're tuning in for the first time though uh go ahead and hit that subscribe button um so you can stay up to date with everything 30 and nerdy podcast if you're returning thank you for coming back uh, don't forget to drop a rating and review. And if you're 
asking for Emma's opinion, which I think everyone should, she would say, give us five stars. Absolutely. Just like that. Just like that. And, and we love to hear from you all as well. Uh, we have been getting last few episodes and stuff. We've been getting slew of thoughts and opinions everywhere. It's like, it's like the minute that like, I kind of put a crack in the dam on social media. The river is being released. And anytime I post about like what episodes are coming up, I'm getting a lot of feedback like people, you know, and some things that we may disagree with. Like there are a few people who chimed in about the fellowship and Lord of the Rings who aren't fans of how dare they world of Tolkien. And, you know, there's room in this world for you all as well. Not much, though. Not but much. I mean, I mean, let's there be might be like, real. you know, a hobbit hole of room. But, you know, obviously not a ministerith of room. Uh, you're but, uh, you're doing life wrong if you're if you're not into Lord of the Rings. That's what I say. Nothing. That's that's what I says. Uh, but so speaking of life, you're on Christmas break, man. Oh, I am. I sure am. Good. And it's one of my favorite things. I love it. Love my kiddos. I think that's probably pretty apparent based mm-hmm. on anyone who's, you know, heard us talk about um, my personal life. I, lo- I love my job. I love my school. Love my kids. Shout out to the kiddos. Uh, but I absolutely love my breaks. And um, we kicked it off in a big way. Oh, my God. Sure we're going to get to. I'm, we're, we're both sort of still reeling from that, as is much of uh, the world at this point. Yeah. Uh, nothing but good feedback from uh from everybody about spider-man uh but but that's really it like that that's my whole life right now is spider-man the past three or four days i have you know it's like when dr strange does the thing where he he taps somebody and their spirit like their soul comes out of their body like my soul is still sitting in the movie theater in chattanooga and my shell has just been walking around ever since just ponder how to put into words. And and we will uh, put into more in-depth words. Um, but for this one, man, like, I'm not even following, like, a, a three-day embargo for this one. Like, I'm like, look, dude, you know, while I'm trying to write down what I want to talk about when it comes to No Way Home, go see the movie. Because... I mean, obviously, we're not going to do too many spoilers when we do discuss the movie uh, right now. But, you know, I would say within the next few weeks, maybe beginning of season four, we will do a full discussion on it. So go see it while we're trying to formulate thoughts. I know that me and Brian at work have just been each time we've talked about it at work. We're like, where where do we where do we start? You know, what do we talk about? Because like so go see it if you haven't seen the movie yet i know that there are people out there who are just deathly afraid to get out still and that's you know that's your prerogative um but if you were vaccinated and you don't mind wearing a mask and you don't mind going to a four o'clock matinee where not many people are going to be in the audience go see the movie it's not on disney plus people and you're and knowing that there are still uh, international box offices that it hasn't even dropped in yet, it's not going to be accessible 
other than theaters for quite some time. So go see Spider-Man No Way Home. You won't regret it. You really won't. Um, work has been uh, pretty crazy for me. Uh, it's gotten, I mean, yesterday was kind of slow, but these next few days are going to be insane. Uh, so just gearing up for that. It's the Christmas season. Um, I posted a meme yesterday that I, stole about, I was about from, to bring uh, from my manager's wife. Uh, and if you aren't following me on my personal account, people, um, if you find me, you find me. I'm not going to give it to you right now. Uh, I posted a meme that said, uh, um, if you were out shopping uh, today, uh, then please be kind to the service industry because it's not their fault that you waited till Mary's water break to go shopping for Christmas presents. Yeah. And it's so true. Like people will be like so hustle and bustle that they're rude. To, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Is it my problem that you waited till the last freaking second to Christmas shop when you've literally had 264 days or whatever, or 63 days to do this Christmas shopping, which is actually what my mom does. She'll start shopping for next Christmas, January 4th. Yeah, I'm one of those last minute people. I'm actually going to go out and uh, try to do mine today after we have uh, wrapped things up here. Uh, but I will not be rude to people. There's no time for that. There's no reason for that. No so, rudeness. So, you know, be safe out there, people. It's the Christmas season. Please, uh, you know, treat people with respect and love. It's a good time to let the stress seep in, but try not to. Uh, so I had an interesting thing happen. I got a message from a podcast uh, that's pretty It's pretty good, man. It's funny, funny stuff. Uh, and all the message, or first message said was, y'all are in Morristown, right? And I was like, yes. <laughs> the podcast is called What's Your Spaghetti Policy? Gee, I've never given it much thought. I know. So it's just random conversation. It's a lot like tell them Steve, Dave, or, you know, the way that we would talk if it wasn't just nerd culture. Like, you know, the first of our episodes, just talking about random stuff in our day. Yeah. That's yeah. their full episodes. And they are from Knox, Vegas. Hey. Yes. So they're right down the road from us. Um, it's funny stuff. I highly suggest y'all listen to it. It's called What's Your Spaghetti Policy? It's not just about spaghetti, but <laughs> it's about, you know, things going on in Knoxville, things going on in the U.S., um, their lives. They've, you know, they're, they're best friends quite li like us. Um, so I, I suggest you give it a listen. There's some, gosh, they're funny. One of them is just out there. Um funny and just like some of the stuff he says is so off the wall just for the sake of saying it to get a reaction and it's funny not like trolling angry just funny um mm -hmm. so shout out to y'all thanks for following thanks for listening um your all show is fun very funny hope hopefully things are going great for you this holiday season and uh go vols um so last time we discussed our top 10 individual top 10 Favorite Christmas movies for we the holiday season. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, I did get a little feedback um, from some people that were shocked that some movies that weren't, that hadn't made it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one, one person 
tweeted to us and said, uh, you know, I've always thought Tyler to be a traditionalist, like Josh kept saying, but was shocked to not hear Miracle on 34th Street on his list. Yeah. Here's the, here's the scoop, and I'm going to tell you. Um, I just don't find it entertaining. It's a beautiful story, and it's a great holiday story. I just, you know, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't, as, a, as you heard last, last week, I put quotability as part of my reasoning for my list. I just don't find the movie quotable. And that's a, that's, that's a high percentage of how I judge something, is if I can quote it 6, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years later still, it's on a list. Well, isn't um, the, the thing about the when you hear a bell ring and angel that's just a wonderful that's right that's right how dare you well see that's the thing like you're you're into all the old classic stuff like that and i'm not as much and maddie did say she was content with home alone being at third she said i knew that i couldn't that home alone wouldn't compete with those two and uh christmas vacation uh she was like so i'm happy with where home alone is in your list. And I said, okay, okay, good. Well, we, aim, we aim to please here at 30 and nerdy. That's true. That's at least true. when it comes to, you know, Madison, Madison, nah. everybody else, we don't care. Nah, we don't care. So this time though, as we uh, hinted towards, we're celebrating 20 years of the fellowship of the ring film. Uh, good Lord. Unbelievable. 20 years have gone by. 20 years. I remember it like it was yesterday. Ah, yes, I remember it well. Uh, actually, I remember. I remember sitting in the theater with Caleb Smith, my mom, and Regina, his mom, and watching Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, we did not get to go opening night, but we went the, ni- the next night, um, which would be a Saturday. So... Uh, I think I talked about it whenever we actually broke down the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, It was just, I mean, and we'll get to this later on. It was so life-changing, and we'll discuss some of the aspects. But I thought that it would be fun to do some nerdcabulary words that are Tolkien-based. I know last week I said, so this month, since we're doing Christmas, I'm going to be doing Christmas words as an educational and then boom here comes fellowship interrupting that plan with plans change i'm telling you so your first word oh toby oh toby invented by tobold hornblower this is a strand of pipe tobacco smoked in middle earth mainly in the shire and specifically by bilbo gandalf and the other hobbits tobold hornblower invented old toby leaf what a man. The, the farmer who first discovered that you could smoke it. Um, like, and that's the other thing is Tolkien invented Tobold Hornblower just for the history of old Toby. Like, that's the world he built. He didn't just build like, from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, speaking of old Toby, the South Farthing, the southern and warmest part of the Shire. It is a rural, fertile land that borders the West Farthing along the Southfields in Tookland, 
and the East Farling along Green Hill count country and the Marish. So yes. quite like the Miami of the Shire. <laughs> it's the Miami of the Shire. Key, Key West. Farthing. <laughs> uh, the North Farthing is much like the Martha's Vineyard of the Shire. <laughs> I have been, and I can tell you that even in the summer, it's quite cool. It's quite cool. Uh, your next nerd vocabulary word is Balrog, which is Sindarin Elvish word for demon of might. That's what Balrog means. And you might recognize him uh, as a big monster made out of shadow and flame. Mm. Big flamey shadow. Big whip. Big whip. Big, big sword. Fan, big fan of Indiana Jones for some reason. Um, your next vocabulary word is Melon, which is Sindarin Elvish for friend. And also password to the minds of Moria. The minds of, to the back door of the minds of Melon. And then, of course, the Fellowship of the Ring. The group that set out from Rivendell to destroy the One Ring. Fellowship consisted of the Shirelings, Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin, Gandalf the Grey, Aragorn, heir of Asildur, Boromir of Gondor, Gimli the Dwarf, and Legolas the Elf of the Woodrun realm. So those are some nerd vocabulary words that are Tolkien-based. We will get back to the Christmas next episode. Maybe. Maybe not. Life may find a way to interrupt that as well. But uh, talking Lord of the Rings makes it feel like Christmas. Mm -hmm. So really, it, it counts. It does, because sometime every year, between November and Christmas, as, well, can't say as a family, me and mom watch all three of them. Because the other three McDaniels aren't really into high fantasy, like me and mom are. So at least somewhere between November and New Year, we always watch the, the trilogy. Um, but those are your vocabulary words. Speaking of high fantasy, have you started Wheel of Time? I have seen the first episode. Okay. okay. And then The Witcher came out and uh, <laughs> things are happening. So um, yeah. I'm working on it. it, it will, it'll happen. Okay. So about Wheel of Time. And I think that it may be because of my personal bias for Rafe and Taylor. Um, but I told you that I was invited to join this massive Wheel of Time Facebook group with like hundreds of thousands of people in it because I like posted months ago about my cousin Taylor being in the show. And then I got an invite to be in this group about Wheel of Time fans. It's the biggest Wheel of Time Facebook group in the, in the world. Uh, so I made the mistake of doing so. And after each episode came out, Book Nazis were on the page ripping apart the episode. And personally, I mean, I, I reported anytime something truly like rude or cruel was said, because in the bylaws of the group, you shouldn't be saying that stuff. So if you're an admin of this group, uh, do a better job <laughs> at policing that, please. 
Um, and maybe it is my bias because I know Rafe and I know his his fandom for Wheel of Time is very comparable to ours for Lord of the Rings. So he is not out to destroy the books. He is bringing the world of Wheel of Time to a different audience. And, that and sometimes things just aren't as easily adaptable to screen from the page. And sometimes you just have to adjust and, and make things. I mean, and I'm just saying that in a general sense, because I don't know specifically what things were changed because I haven't read the books and I haven't seen the show. I read the first four or five one time. I mean, I didn't even finish the series, but I think back to our first Lord of the Rings episode. Where I was like, you know, I was a little saddened that Tom Bombadil's not in the first movie. But I would never in a million years personally attack Peter Jackson. Or personally say that these movies suck because they're not word for word verbatim. Mm -hmm. I have issue with that because, number one, I look at it as a cycle at a psychological level. The issues you have that you are not getting word for word, moment for moment, the book to film or to television. Bro, that's a settled in life that you can't escape. If you don't evolve in some form or fashion, you die. And we've said that on this show, I feel like once a month for the last three seasons. It's just something for people to complain about, to make themselves feel important and make themselves feel smart. Like I've read a book. I know what's in the book. Yeah. You know, like, and behind a keyboard, people are willing to say and do anything because they feel invincible and they feel like, you know, uh, um, they, they don't have, they can hide behind that screen, you know? So yeah, I, I just don't even. Yeah, I don't read stuff like that, whether it pertains to me or us or, or anything yeah. that I care about or not. It's just the, the internet is a terrible place sometimes. It is. It is. I mean, full of sad, like, miserable people. Especially since 2014, 2015, I feel mm-hmm. like the internet has the internet's negatives are outweighing its positives. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. So, ironically, the small world that it is. A co-worker of mine, Brandon Wood, is also in that group. And he, somebody was going off about episode four, the di- like literally laying out the differences, the changes that were made. And he just put in the comments, okay, sweetheart. And it was a guy that made the post, but Brandon was like, okay, sweetheart, show us on the doll where the fictional characters hurt your feelings. And I was like, that's, that's also the point. These are fictional characters. Like, you're going to let that ruin your day? That there's a difference from the book to a movie or a show in a fictional world? Well, okay. But at the same time, like, you people get really attached to these fictional characters. They mean a lot to people. I mean, think about you and Ghostbusters, you know? I know we have. And... It, it also kind of opened my mind, my mind eye a little bit about, you know what, the, the what you're seeing now and the way you're acting in defense of the show that your cousin and Rafe are working on. Like, you may at some point have posted about something about a DC from comic to movie or 
being upset that Tom Bombadil's not in the movie. You know, you might not be as toxic as some of the of these book Nazi trolls, but at some point you've thought along those same lines, where you're like, you know, it just kind of upset me. So I will say thank you to those book Nazi trolls because you have made me dig a little deeper inside and better myself and say that moving forward, I, I am not going to let it ruin an experience that there's a little bit of differentiation. All right. You know, and I never let the missing Tom Bombadil ruin the, the trilogy for me or the fellowship. I still yeah, ain't that important, love, you know, but it's okay. Um, speaking of running things, have you seen the Punisher logo change news? No. Marvel is releasing uh, an entire series of Punisher comics where he is parting ways with his old logo. And that is due to the fact that the logo in the past few years has been used by Proud Boys, Racist Flags, and violent groups uh, for, how do I word this? Blue Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The Punisher logo has been used in the creation of their shirts, their flags, and Marvel's like, that's not what the Punisher stands for. He would never in a million years side with this kind of movement. Yeah. And because of you all using it, we're going to have to distance ourselves from the logo because people are getting confused. So now Marvel in the comics have to completely change his freaking logo because of losers like the Proud Boys. Well, and I'm looking at the, uh, the new logo right here and I dig it. Huh? I think it's, you know, it's, oh. it's something that it's like, you know, as long as this, and a lot of people are online, like, Asking questions like, what do you think about this? And most most nerds, most true nerds who are Punisher fans are like, look at the story's fine. I don't care what the logo freaking looks like. Why should we worry about the change of the logo? If idiots are going to use it for the wrong reasons, sure, change the logo. Yeah, you know? this one's got like horns. It looks like mm -hmm. the, the skull's got fangs coming out or like tusks coming out the side of it. I dig it. I think it's cool. I dig it, man. Uh, I hate that it's been ruined by domestic terrorism but you know it brought about a change so look at marvel evolving to better things they're good so, at that thank you marvel for distancing yourself from uh domestic terrorism uh speaking of the witcher the witcher season two dropped have you started it i'm like uh i haven't finished the second episode entirely, but I've watched most of the second episode. I have eight. seen the commercials. We haven't started it yet because I want Maddie and Mom to get caught up with season one before uh, two happens, before they watch two. I know I could go in and watch it, but then I'd feel guilty yeah. since I brought them in on this world. Um, I have seen Yaskir, though, a.k.a. Dandelion. Got ripped. I saw a trailer where he had like uh, his shirt off and he was washing his shirt in the water. I went, my God, son, you're going to be more ripped than Cavill is before season three even drops. Um, Good for him. I'm excited, though. Dude, I love the universe of The Witcher. I've been playing through uh, in my very little off time and alone time. I have been playing through some of the Wild Hunt. Uh -huh. uh, 
from Game Pass, and uh, which it's now off Game Pass, so I just had to buy it for $7.99. Um, oh gosh, I just can't can't put my finger on why the universe is great. I love the thought of The Witcher because it's like this is like the prequel era before Supernatural. Like I could see The Witcher and the Supernatural being in the quote unquote same universe, but like Geralt being in the past and the Winchesters being in modern day. Yeah, um, I can see that. Like all the around the different monsters yeah. and things. So yeah. now I, now me and Logan have said that thanks to The Witcher, I now need a supernatural game set the exact same way. You can ride baby around, open world, different cases, different storylines. I was like, dude. I'm actually surprised they haven't done something like that. Maybe, but they're owned by WB, so. <laughs> you know. Well, they did those great Batman games, so. And Harry Potter I mean, games. Yeah, it can be done. It can be done. Um, but speaking of catching up, we are caught up on Hawkeye. Me and Maddie caught up on Hawkeye over the weekend. So exciting stuff. I love it. Oh, I absolutely Good. love it. And I'm not one to be interested in the uh, the human characters in my superhero worlds, you know, so like the soldiers. Eh. Uh, but this one, I'm really, really, really digging. I'm loving Kate Bishop. Uh, Haley Steinfeld's great. Um, I'm loving all the stuff where they're playing around with his hearing, like the part with the uh, spoilers if if we're not caught up on Hawkeye. Spoilers, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, when he had the phone call with his son and she had to write down what was being yeah. said, that was just heart-wrenching. And, you know, I'm one of those guys who loves when they can grab me by the heart and make me feel something, and that did it, and um, I was all in. And and now we've got Kingpin showing up. Echo. So, Echo. Great. Yelena, yeah. And, and seeing her experience with the blip and everything – Oh my gosh! Great stuff. It was like the the continuation of Black Widow in three minutes. You know what is interesting too, though, is like how everyone who was blipped it like happened differently for them. Yeah. Like Peter, it took forever, and it was like very uncomfortable for him. Obviously, well, some people sense. maybe so, maybe so. That's a good point. No, like some people watch themselves, like their hands just fading away and stuff. And then other people like Elaine, it was just like, boom, boom. She didn't even realize it happened. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that that's what they've hinted to is people did come back. Because even in Endgame, Peter was like, oh, man, uh, like I just ra randomly woke up on the planet. And like Dr. Strange was like, hey, it's been five years. And we were like, what? And it's like, we got to go. Um so, like, I do think that they've kind of been, like, slowly in the last two years explaining the blip a little more just subtly yeah. to us, and I like that. It's yeah. not over an entire movie. It's not written in a comic or, like, online saying, like, okay, let us explain the blip to you. It's little things because they know that they can do it subtly in a few minutes, and most of the, the devout are going to be like, okay, now I get it. Got it. Okay, that's all I needed. Um, and we knew Yelena was going to be in it, but still, like, her, her, like, when she gets unmasked and she's just like, 
And her conversation with Kate in the last episode, just sitting there making mac and cheese, just like, I know it's crazy, right? You're like, what? It's She's so good. She's so, so, so good. And now I need either a buddy cop Disney Plus show or a movie called like The Hawk and the Widow with the two of them. I'm expecting we're going to get some sort of Young Avengers deal yeah. at some point, right? I mean, yeah. with well, those yeah. two and Miss Marvel and, you know. And we've met, uh, uh, was it uh, Sam's grandfather and, uh, or grandson and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We met Young. He goes on to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Captain something or Captain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patriot. Uh, we've met Kid but- Loki. Yeah, and we could get uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch's kids. Like, I could see them aging up a little bit more, yeah. or however that works uh, yeah. with them. Um, we could have a whole team. You know? Yeah, I think that's the direction they're heading. Whether it's on Disney Plus or whether it's in an actual film, uh, we'll see. Um, but dude, Hawkeye is so good. If you haven't caught up, get out, get get on Disney Plus and watch it. They are shorter than Loki. Um. They're about WandaVision length, so easy to catch up on. There's a, The finale's coming up this Wednesday. Um, Already? Yeah, sixth episode is its finale. Oh, man. I know. And oh. it, uh, it got a rating push up, so it's going to be pretty violent. There's going to be some pretty violent fight scenes. Nice. And the rating got pushed, and there's already been warnings like, hey, the finale's going to be a little more violent, so just a, a warning uh so i expect i expect some some shenanigans from yelena i expect i don't expect clint to die i think this is him walking away so that maybe in the future we could get an older hawkeye coming back um because i think marvel's smart in the fact like if they don't ever want to come back in the future you can kill them but our heroes at least we don't want to kill off too many because you never know. I'm going in with no expectations. That has worked out very well for me lately. So, Speaking That's of lately, Spider-Man No Way Home. We, uh, We're not worthy. <laughs> I, I think I literally used the words to Becky. I don't, I, I didn't deserve this. No, uh, we don't. We don't deserve this movie. Um, Let's go ahead and say, here's the point where if you haven't seen Spider-Man, you need to pause. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to spoil anything about this for you. We yeah. don't want to take anything away uh, from this experience for you because it is just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, what an experience. What a ride. Go see it and then come back and join us again yeah. later. Uh, look in the show notes. Uh, we will all timestamp when this conversation is happening and when you can come back in so you can rewind through this. Um, if you are not someone who, you know, just detest spoilers then keep listening, but I really, 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 I don't think there's ever been a movie, even in game where I've been like, please don't let it be spoiled for you. Yeah, you the movie as, soon as possible. Please. So five, four, three, two, one, here we go. We knew, we sort of knew it was going to happen. We expected it was going to happen. Yeah. Right. We, we, we all just sort of were like, okay, the three, the three Peters, the three Spider-Men, it's definitely going to happen. Right. And 
for so long, I didn't want to just say, oh, yeah, for sure it's going to happen. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Even leading right up to it. You know, most people were just convinced it's definitely going to happen. I didn't want to put any sort of pressure expectation or yeah. It's like, I don't, it's like what, uh, what MJ was saying, you know, if you prepare for disappointment, you won't be disappointed or whatever it was, you know, yeah. that was sort of me with this, even though in the back of my mind, it's like, they have to do it or people are going to be rioting. You can't right? bring back all the villains and not bring back their Spider-Man. Like everyone, so, but I, I didn't even want to put it out in the universe. And well, then Toby and Andrew were so good about guys. Um, I mean, they didn't do it silly. They didn't do it like angrily to be extra. Cause like, you know, you don't have to be a theater person to see when someone's acting. Um, yeah. Toby did really well at it. It's like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The only thing I saw with Toby was like, he was walking down the street and somebody had, you know, was on their cell phone. They said, Hey, Toby, he said, Hey, he said, are you in the new Spider-Man movie? No. And he just kept walking. <laughs> So like that alone is like veteran, just a quick no. And even like the uh, the little bit of the sigh behind it, no, like, dude, I'm too old for this. You know, I've been asked so many times, no. So good. Kudos accepted it. I honestly, if it were me, I probably would have been fired because I'd have been like, guess what? Because I know I would have called you and been like, Josh, I'm in the movie. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Even though we all had the expectation, right? When that portal started opening up, bring me Peter Parker. I was, You're I can't even glued. And he just walks right through. Man, there's, I can't think of any time that I've had a feeling like that. The closest comparison for me is maybe Cap picking up Mjolnir. Other than that, I can't think of anything. And that's not, that's just Andrew. You know, I've been pretty vocal on, you know, I didn't hate Andrew. They just weren't my favorite. He wasn't my favorite rendition, but no disrespect to him. He still did a good job. But when Toby's portal opened, I had tears. Madison got emotional because Madison was like, I don't think I've really conveyed that like those came out around my birthday every year. And that's what I went to see was Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man with my family. And she's like, so seeing Tobey Maguire, she's like, I'm already a, a Green Goblin fan. Her favorite Marvel villain of, of the film industry has been Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. She's yeah. vocal about that. And so she's like, when I saw the trailer and saw the pumpkin bomb, I was like, oh, my God, you know, and she's like, but when Toby walked out, she got emotional and hearing her go, oh, my God, just like because like this movie. Brought three different generations of Spider-Man fans together. Mm -hmm. Three different generations were in the theaters together this past weekend and every day since it dropped Uh, to say that movies can't bring three different, three different generations of fans together. Spider-Man no way home said, hold my beer. Watch this. 
three different generations of Spider-Man fans up out of their seats cheering and crying and hugging. We have, I mean, growing up, well, not growing up, but gosh, I don't even, I'm so flustered. I don't even know what to say. Having gone through the whole MCU era, like we have since, since Iron Man. Okay. We've had tons of those moments of, Oh, wow, this is happening. And the reaching over and smacking each other. Like we always do. Right. And so we've had a lot of those exciting moments. Uh, you know, if you remember back when, uh, uh, um, far from home came out and we got the, the J Jonah Jameson uh, yeah. post credit scene. I absolutely lost my mind. I freaked out. Yeah. Right. Um, there has never been a movie experience where I have literally come up out of my seat, dude. I, I probably no less than five or six times. I was, my butt was out of the seat about halfway. I'm up in the air. I lost complete control of my body, dude. My hands were up in the air waving around like I was at church or something. I was screaming and hollering um, and I would just like fall back and collapse. Like I was just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I lost control of myself, man. Comple- and, and Logan's wife, Peyton, was like, you were a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure that was code for Josh. You look like an idiot, but I don't care. But here's the thing. And you know what? Is I wasn't alone. had a near capacity audience doing the same thing. And they were the that was the greatest group of people to watch that movie with because they reacted even the things that we knew about like that were in the trailers like we see the the Doc Ock mm-hmm. you know the leg coming up and we saw the glider goblin show up we knew all that stuff was coming because we'd seen it the previous but people still were were reacting to it and that's one of those things like. We talk about theater so much, that connection with an audience exactly. to, the, to the performance, right? You don't get that with movies because it's not it's not the same. Oh, right. We totally had a, yeah. a feeling like that. People cheering and applauding and reacting to all, even the little things like. Even, even Willem Dafoe saying, I'm something of a scientist myself. Oh, yeah. All the callbacks, the <laughs> all my back and um, you're you're amazing. amazing. No. You're amazing. There is the amazing Spider-Man. And Becky had been asking me about, like, we were, I was, I watched through all the other Spider-Man movies just to prepare myself. And she caught something about, like, you know, he ran out of web fluid or something. She's like, what is, what is this? Why does he have a little shooter? I thought it was supposed to come out of his arm, like Tobey Maguire. Yeah. So I had to explain that to her. And then that was a, a factor in, in the movie. She was like, oh, my God, you just told me about that. <laughs> you so, make your body? That's so cool. And, dude, I went back. I went back and on uh, Saturday and watched on YouTube audience reactions. And there's some bootleg stuff up, like, stuff of the screen i got to watch them coming through the portals again god and still felt that same feeling but the reactions on those videos were nothing compared to the reactions of the audience that we were in no way way better i mean and that's not me being biased because i was there and i lived it it we this place came unglued multiple times Mm -hmm. you know and on this video it was just like oh yay and a little bit of applause man people were very emotional it was such an such an emotional experience, man. Um, I had not been too hyped up about it because I was just trying to keep my cool, you know, like I didn't want to get my hopes up. And then 
the night before we saw it, Logan was sharing with us some things that people were saying to him about it. Like someone said, it was the greatest cinematic experience of my entire life. And then he and I both talked about how we could feel it. Like we, we started feeling that excitement, that pull of like something big is about to happen, right? Like the day before Endgame, I had that same feeling. And then I got paranoid because when we went to Endgame, I had food poisoning and it ruined a little bit of the experience for me. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I could just standing calf deep in, in the ocean. And before a wave comes, you can feel that the water pulling against your body and trying to pull yes. you out. Yes. That's what the tension felt like the day before on the drive to Chattanooga, walking into the theater. I felt yeah. like we're about, we're being pulled to something that's game changing. And it's going to change everyone's image of not just the MCU, but like of comic books and comic book movies. And it's about to do something that we've never seen. And what an accomplishment too, man. I'm, kudos, bravo, Feige, Disney. You did something that, that not just a comic book movie, but you brought a reaction to different generations and different types of fans, casual, mainstream, comic book fans only, blah, 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 that no IP has ever really gotten to do. And if they've got it planned, you did it before them. So I saw it was like a tweet or a quote or something that someone said, you know, Tom Holland has been the MCU Spider-Man but after this, he has proven that he is the Spider-Man. And Tom, Toby, Andrew, I love all three of those guys. I love each one of their versions of Spider-Man. Um, which one's my favorite? They're all my favorite. I love them all. And um, this was just an unforgettable experience. It and, and I don't look. I don't. I don't mean to sound dramatic or you know anything like that. Okay. But have that that day, having that last fun day with my kids, we just got to hang out for the last day of the semester. We played board games and stuff. Getting to see you and Logan and everybody, all of us being together, and that movie, it was like top ten, one of the greatest days of my entire life, for Absolutely. real. It was just a great, great day. Absolutely, um, what an experience! I can't wait to see it again. Um, and now the question out is to Bollywood taco for fueling us up for it. Yes. Chattanooga, the best tacos I've ever eaten in my life. Uh, the question so now is how do you top that? Because we said that after in game is like the, how, how can you top that? And you know what? <laughs> they bloody I did think it. They might've just done it. So I, I will say that I read, um, uh, uh, something that the the moment where Tom just kind of runs up to the two and just hugs them and says, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was all improv. That was Tom thanking them for setting the way for him to do this and just thanking them for coming back. Like, <sighs> you didn't have to do this, but you did for the love of the character. And that was just him hugging them and saying, thank you, thank you. And... um I'm trying not to get <laughs> emotional, but it was so beautiful getting to experience it with my two best friends, their wives, and my love, the love of my life sitting beside me. And 
getting to experience that with the other, with the rest of you. And it just, it was, I couldn't think of any other way that I, I, I knew that if one thing fell through, like, you know, we were in the group text before saying like, you know, traffic in Atlanta is bad, you know, um, traffic in Knoxville is bad. I was fully prepared to say, guys, if we're all not going to make it bump up the time somehow, because I'm not watching this movie without everyone sitting together. Yeah. So we were talking about that too. Becky and I were like, we got to, if something happens, we got to have an alternate plan. Yeah. Because there was no way that, I, you know, that we weren't going to do it that day. It was going to happen. So, and it so did. I have, I have, uh, I've, I've jotted down a lot of numbers here. Um, okay. As, as we've been talking about, Spider-Man is slinging through the box office as we speak. Um, and it's not slowing down. Uh, despite rising concerns of Omicron variant of COVID, which has already shut down most of Broadway again. Um, the blockbuster isn't only smashing pandemic records. Uh, it is now the third top opening weekend worldwide in history. Yep. The only two movies in front of it are number two. Avengers Infinity War was 640 million. And in the number one spot, Avengers Endgame, that yep. wrapped in an opening weekend of $1.2 billion. The only difference between the top two in this movie is it is yet to open in China, which has proven to be the top location for a global box office. Domestically, Spider Man No Way Home netted $253 million in its opening weekend. Sony and Marvel shelled out $200 million to make the movie and an additional $100 million on marketing efforts. So in the opening weekend, it's already made money. Yeah. yeah. IMAX sales alone racked in $36.2 million of global ticket sales, marking the biggest IMAX sales in years. Probably since Endgame. <laughs> uh, internationally, Spider-Man No Way Home captured a monster $334.2 million from 60 overseas markets. In comparable territories, the film's opening weekend is slinging past Far From Home by 72%, Homecoming by 113%, Venom 2 by 183%, No Time to Die by 113%, and Fast 9 by 210%, according to Sony. Here's some European numbers. In millions. The UK, 41.4. France, 17.8. Italy, 13. Germany, 11.4. Spain, 10.4. Russia, 17.4. Ukraine, 2.4. And Turkey, 1.4, marking Turkey's biggest box office weekend ever. Mm. All of Black a- America's box offices set new records. Box offices in South Korea, India, Hong Kong, Saudi Arabia, and Israel saw its largest numbers in decades. The movie will drop in Thailand on December 23rd, Japan on January 7th, and the Philippines on January 8th. So, people, the numbers are not stop, have not stopped growing and will not stop growing for months to come. That's why we're saying go see it. Because it will not drop on Disney Plus or DVD until it's done internationally. Well, and the other two Spider-Man movies aren't even on Disney Plus, so yeah, you know, uh, it is so cool as a lifelong Spider-Man guy 
Yeah, you've got to be on cloud freaking nine right now. Since, you know, like, and as a kid, like, they're kids like Spider-Man, right? You know, yeah. that, I wasn't alone in that. But to know, like, one day Spider-Man is going to be the number one thing, pretty much, to have an experience like this, it's just unbelievable. And, um, man, we, we've all just been reeling. Even Even my wife, who is, like, she enjoys this stuff, but she's not like all in about it like we are. Yeah. She was emotional. She was celebrating like we were. She was all into it. I mean, I, I felt like I had been on a roller coaster when I walked out of that theater. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of like um, emotionally drained. Oh, like, I'm so tired. I was just very like, uh, yep. All right, yeah. guys, time to drive home. Yeah. Because it just pulled so much out of me. Um, oh, God. And, like, we didn't even say, like, you know, the, the Daredevil cameo. Wow. For, like, four minutes, and then you don't see him, just kind of like a, here he is. Yep. Great. It just, oh, my goodness. We're, I don't know. How, how did they, how, how have they done this? How have they pulled this thing off? It's just unbelievable. And um, I, 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 and I can't wait to see what happens next. And, you know, there's all this talk about, Tom Holland, is he coming back? Is he not? I've, there's so many different, you know, versions of that story out there. I want to well, stop and make it have a family. Spider-Man films alone. She has said that a deal is pinned, but it's not an immediate thing. So this is, and I think it was her that said, this is the last of Spider-Man in high school for Tom Holland. Yes. Now that is, yes. So um, it could be three years before he's ready to put the suit on again. We could I, I want him 10 miles before we even see him again. And all that's true. And that's great. Um, and, and I'll, I'll be fine with whatever they do, of course, but I want him to come back. I mean, I, I, there's so much that we can still do with that, with the young Spider-Man, you yeah. know? Um, and, uh, but if he doesn't come back, what else is there for him to, to actually do like he's had the number one spider actually technically all three of them have had the number one spider-man movie right, of all okay. time at this point so you know I mean, what more is there left to prove yeah and i mean he he knows what he's done and the other two knew knew what they did and they didn't you know we make jokes all the time that disney money speaks um but those two came back for the character, for us. Yeah. It had nothing to do with a check for them. They were like, yeah, this is a moment that the fans need. Obviously, it didn't hurt. But, but yeah, of course, you're right. Yeah, they but, – but, and I got to say, like, this never would have happened without that Disney money, though. No. You know? Not because of them, you know, I'm just saying like in general, like to pull something like this off, nobody could have done it but them. So this is one of those times where despite, you know, like the disagreements we've had about Disney, like you got to admit, this is one time where you're like, okay, I'm pretty thankful that it happened this way because there's no way, there's no other possible possible way that, that this movie would have happened without that. No. Um, and I, and I, um, you can look up like interviews with uh, I think her last name is Pascal. She said that after Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man two went wrong. She called her friend Feige. Yeah. Uh, 
advice. Like, what could we do? And they sat down and talked, and he said, uh, bring them to the MCU. Let's do something together. And she said she threw her sandwich at him. She's like, what? And he, this is something, because he was a producer on Toby's Spider-Man 2. And so this has kind of been the way he says it, like in the making for years, kind of like I've been talking about something like this for years, throwing around the idea of what if, you know, like a big honking Spider-Verse type movie. And it's it's one of the driving things was his idea was to why they did into the Spider-Verse. So Feige kind of set the tone for them to do that. And now here we are. And I can't help but as a as a one of the things me and Logan pointed out as you know, leaning towards the the blue side, the DC side of things, um occasionally, is the book that Flash Thompson wrote. Flashpoint. Literally months before the yeah. Flashpoint movie comes out. And every DC fan is online going like. I'm not angry. This is this is a well-deserved joke. If it's a joke, this is a well-deserved punch. If it's a punch, we're not angry about it because no, I, I think it was probably like a, a just for funsies kind yeah. of thing. I don't think there was anything you know any well, ill will behind it or any sort of a shot. I think it was like a, it was a shot. We're fine with it because Wonder Woman yeah. deserves every shot that can be made out of. Uh, I just we are DC did. fans. <laughs> I think it was probably just like a a joke because yeah, it just a, for fun. Kind of flashpoint joke, you know. Um, what Flash and, does is what they just did, and you know, I, I I don't think there's any way that the Flash movie can pull off exactly what we just got from Spider Man, but it's going to be something great, you know. Regardless, like bringing in the old Batman from when we were kids, I think we're going to get a little bit of that similar feeling. So I'm really looking forward to that, too. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can't tell, you need to go say it because we're we're thrilled about it. We're the world is thrilled about it right now. The numbers will not go down anytime soon. We'll try to the first time in for the first time in several years. This is going to be one that I repeat. Go to the theaters for. And, you know, like I've talked a lot about here because I'm coming such an old fart that I hate going to the theaters now. People are loud and the kids are always up walking around. And da, 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 da. But this past experience we had, I didn't mind that it was loud in the theater because they were loud for all the right reasons. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I'll have a crowd like that when I go back again very yeah. soon. Yeah, me too. Before we get into the meat of our episode, let's discuss a little nerdly news. This is the nerdly news. Welcome to the nerdly news. Just a little bit to discuss today. We each have our points of news. We're going to discuss a little bit. So, In an interview with Total Film, Dwayne The Rock Johnson sat down to talk about Black Adam. When asked about feuding with Superman, he had this to say. We can do anything if we keep the audience first. So to me, there is a battle that's going to go down one day between Black Adam and Superman. I don't know who that Superman will be, 
and I don't know who's going to play him. That's okay. I don't need to know right now. This interview has set off many DC fans, prompting them to take to Twitter against WB once again. One fact that goes unnoticed about the thought of Henry not returning is that he and The Rock have the same agent. Plus, Henry has always said he's ready to play Superman again. Yeah, I'd really like to see it. I know you you say this all the time, but like, do they not like money? I wonder sometimes. I'm getting to this point of like, I just don't think they like money. I think they like to stay in this zone to where they can complain. Giving the fans what they want uh, every now and then pays off. Just ask uh, Marvel how they're feeling about Spider-Man this past weekend. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Like, Henry's like, I still have the suit at home. And I'm ready to put it on anytime. Like, I'm, I, I'll, I'll do Superman for years. He said in multiple interviews where he's like, I'll play it for another 10, 15 years. I love it. He's a nerd. He's the king of nerds. Oh, yeah. Rebuilt his own computer in middle school. Built his own computer. Has read every Witcher book. Has played every game. He's Geralt of Rivia. He owns thousands of comics, mainly Superman comics. The man's a nerd and is good at the role. Like, I like his rendition of Superman. Yeah. Uh, It's not as much Boy Scout as like animated uh, or Reeves was uh, or the way Hecklin's playing it. But Hecklin's, you know, and Superman and Lois is phenomenal. But why not give us The Rock versus Henry Cavill in a Superman versus Black Adam movie? I mean, it's just insane. Like, you, you couldn't even. You couldn't even ask him to be in Shazam's post-credit scene. You did the whole Superman from the neck down thing because you didn't want to bring Henry in. Like, what's where's that mentality? Like, I don't get that mentality. When you've got a good Superman ready to get back in the game. I just sort of assumed they couldn't afford him for that one shot. But he probably would have just done it. Sounds like Hamada, it, a lot of it is Hamada, the CEO, who's ruining a lot of the DC content. And it's just a shame. It really is. Moving on, Return of the Jedi and our topic today, The Fellowship of the Ring, have both been added to the National Film Registry, where they belong, of course. Bravo. Good news. Return of the Jedi thing, I was like, well, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, that was 1987, I think. Does that yep. sound right? 80... Yep. 87. Because it was... Wait, no, I don't think no, that's no, right. No, 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 83. 83 was... or 84, maybe? Yeah, because it was before Block, but Ghostbusters. Uh, 83. Yeah, 83. Yeah. Congratulations. They belong there. Sure. Especially being two of the most epic trilogies in the history of trilogies. Um, mm-hmm. probably two cornerstones of nerd culture um, between Tolkien's books originally and the first trilogy of Star Wars. They are the backbone. They are the, the two of the heads in Mount Rushmore of nerd culture would be Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, I just... It's congratulations to them. It's well deserved. Um, now can't wait to see <laughs> if the prequels or the sequels and the Star Wars ever get added 
to the film registry. Ooh, you know, I could actually see Phantom Menace making it. Well, actually, I could see Revenge of the Sith making it too. Um, yeah. The second one, I don't know. The sequels, uh, probably not. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes Two Towers and Return of the King to. Definitely, they belong. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. Have you heard this? Uh, Wilmer Valderrama. I did, is, yes. Is set to star in a reimagined Zorro TV series for Disney. Yes. Something I did not know Disney owned <laughs> was Zorro. And he'll, he'll be great. Uh, the show will be set in modern day and have more of a telenovel feel to it. I'm, I'm intrigued. I love it. I love it. I'm all about it. Because I remember the old show, and I remember when Antonio did those two movies mm-hmm. of, of Zorro. Uh, it'll be interesting just to see Wilmer return to the world of entertainment, because he's done a little bit here and there in, like, he was you. I think he was just in the uh, the new animated Disney movie Encanto. Mm-hmm. He was in that. Of course, if most people know him as Fez from that yeah. '70s show. If you don't yeah. know who we're talking about, um, really funny guy, handsome dude, charming. Yeah. He's got all the qualities that you need for a good Zorro, um, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be just absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. a fan. Also, he was Bob the Builder. So yes, can't leave that out. Can that's we build it? Yes. Yes, we can. We can. Can we fix it? Yes. Yes, we can. Yes. New images and a trailer have been released from the Catwoman hunted animated movie. In one image, we get Selena hiding in plain sight at a Leviathan costume party with a hero and villain theme. Movie will drop on February 8th and we'll see and hear the voice talents of Elizabeth Gillies as Selena Catwoman, Jonathan Banks as Black Mask. I'm speaking of the DC animated universe. One of the films slated for a 2022 release will be titled battle of the super sons, which will see the team up of Robin and Superboy. It's going to be an intriguing thing. Cause the Robin and the images looks like Damien, but the Superboy looks like a younger Connor. Definitely the current Robin for the animated stuff is Damien. Yeah. So, so they would have to retcon a little bit of Superboy stuff if he's going to be the same age as, unless the Superboy they're doing is Superman's actual son. I think that would probably make the most sense since yeah. it's them yeah. both to be actual sons. I'm excited as to see where Lois's mom. Yeah, Lois's mom. Yeah, okay. Lois's mom. I'm excited to see where the animated universe goes in the next year because, you know, just coming off of Apocalypse War and what they've done in the animated universe with 2021 and 2020 alone. Um, I don't know if, did you watch the newest one? Was it the end of that story? Because it, it begins with uh, Barry going back from Apocalypse War and leads into like World War II or something. No, I haven't seen the the World War II thing. I have not seen. I think that's either the epilogue or another continuation, which would make, Lord, uh, this universe that they've built in the animated movies is like 15, 16 movies long. 
and it's all great stuff. Uh, yeah. I know you're slowly working your way through it, which if you haven't, HBO Max, they're all on there. Uh, definitely start with uh, Justice League War and make your way through that universe. And it's a lot of cool stuff, especially Apocalypse War. Brutal, brutal oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. That you oh. not see in live action. <laughs> Ever in a million years. <laughs> uh, but it's exciting, man. Um, and the last little bit here, we've got some Valiant Entertainment. News is set to have another big title dropping this week with Harbinger number three dropping in car- comic book stores across the county uh, in this country. Uh, in this story, Peter Stanick suits up in his mission to be better as he comes to terms with losing his memories. Peter chooses to fight back, not just for himself, but for all of Piot City, who has been oppressed by a legal force known as the Warming you can get the Harbinger number three at your local comic book store on December 22nd. The issue is co-written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Langsing and features art by Robbie Rodriguez. A uh, huge thank you and shout out to Valiant Comics for including us in their early review opportunities. I give this issue an eight out of 10. Um, Harbinger's pretty gritty stuff. Uh, and to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing it brought to life somehow soon. Um, either on streaming or something. Uh, a little bit more Valiant news. Arriving on May 7th, 2022 is Valiant's free comic book day. Uh, we'll see an all-new Bloodshot story from Ringo Award-nominated writer Dennis Camp and acclaimed artist John Davis Hunt. Also arriving on free comic book day from Valiant is new tales from titles Archer and Armstrong, Ninjack, Shadow Man, and Exo Man of War. Um, I need to start forwarding you those when Valiant sends them so you can also uh preview them before wish you would i know i keep saying that too whenever i have valiant news and i forget to all the time uh but that's the end of your nerdly news uh we're going to take a quick intermission and when we be back we will celebrate 20 years of the fellowship of the ring movie when 30 nerdy podcast returns 30 nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 nerdy swag is advertising expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What What if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to advertising expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. Without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, 
At Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the State of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T. S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. Join us at the Tipsy Exchange, where your hosts get tipsy and exchange ideas on a specific topic. With a few sidebars and tangents. It depends on the tipsiness level. Pop culture, true crime, unexplained phenomena. Nothing's off limits on the Tipsy Exchange. So grab a drink and visit the tipsyexchange.com to sign up for emails, special content, and more. Follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. I'm Burley. I'm LA. Now let's get tipsy. Welcome back, nerds. 20 years ago, Peter Jackson changed fantasy filmmaking forever with the release of The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Since then, we have seen Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time, The Witcher, and other high fantasies taking the world, streaming, and theaters by storm. Games like Skyrim, Witcher, Oblivion, and Fable winning Games of the Year. None of these would exist without Lord of the Rings. Yes, the books came 50 years before the movie, almost. But when this movie hit, the box office, fantasy, nerd culture, the mainstream would change forever. All thanks to the greatest period, trilogy period ever, period. Number one, Trilly. These days, Peter Jackson is earning praise for his three-part Disney Plus Beatles documentary, Get Back. But 20 years ago, he made his mark on the world with another three-part series with another band of beloved people. Lord of the Rings, which debuted in theaters December 19th, 2021, definitely changed these two nerds' lives forever. Juice. When someone says Fellowship of the Ring, what are your first thoughts? Favorite uh, movie of the trilogy for me. And I feel like that's not very common. Most people like The Two Towers the best. I think that's probably the consensus. I don't fall into that. Fellowship for me is the is the favorite because I love all of them being together. 
I love the whole origin. Um, it's got my favorite shot of all three of the movies when they're coming up over the rock. Da 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 da. da. I love that. Um, gives me chills almost every time I see it. I mean, I've probably seen it 200 times. It still gives me the little, oh, that's so cool. Um, and that was the one, like back in the day, we had the Stars channel or whatever, and they would put certain movies on the Stars channel just over and over and over again. And that one was on all the time. So no matter what I was doing, I would just have that movie on in the background. So I've seen it the most, I know it the most, and I love it the most. Agreed. Um, it changed my life because I had read them. I had uh, started to read them. Um, I read them throughout middle school multiple times. Um, and I actually just finished the first one on Audible a few days ago. Um, and the, the way they've done it is so cool. Like it was one of the last things in home did before he passed was came back to voice Bilbo for the audible. Mm. Um, and some of the voice acting, I think I've mentioned this to you. They've brought back some people who are still alive from the animated Lord of the Rings to play. Characters. Oh, nice. uh, Pierce Brosnan does a character like just, you know, not exactly people straight from the movie, but just people who have been touched by the world of Lord of the Rings in some form or fashion voice different moments of these books. And each Aside from Bilbo, each book that Audible did, the voice cast changes to different people, different fans. Um, kind of like during the pandemic, Harry Potter did. You know, every week they'd release a different character from the universe reading a chapter of the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, it's really cool. I highly suggest it. Uh, they're all three on there. Go to Audible, type in Lord of the Rings. You can get it as a full or you can get it individual one, two, and three. Um, the Gandalf is very interesting but uh, I highly suggest it. So when I, my first thoughts always go to sitting in the theater with Caleb, my mom and Regina um, that first weekend it came out and seeing all these characters that I'd read come to life and the world being visualized, seeing Hobbiton, seeing the Shire, seeing Bree in the world being built around because like oh you know when you read the books before something comes out you build your own world in your head and i gotta say peter got it pretty daggum close to how i pictured it and how i feel tolkien was drawing this world in the words he was writing um I, I think also what's crazy about, especially with Fellowship, with Fellowship, I can turn on the movie score and I can close my eyes and go through the movie and just the score. I know where all the music points are. Yeah. Like I talked about mm -hmm. the crossing over the hill, each member of the Fellowship, the da, 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 mm -hmm. um, Gandalf fighting the Balrog. Um, Lothlorien moments whenever she's at the mirror the music that's playing I can close my eyes with the first album and go through the movie with just the music playing and know every moment and when it's happening and then in that I can see it happening probably why they won the Academy Award for best original score yeah Howard Shore and and the all of the music in the whole trilogy I used to have 
the piano books for all three movies, and I don't know where they are. I was thinking about that this morning. I'd like to break those out, but I have no idea where they are. Oh, but yeah. uh, that music <laughs> is so great. I used to use some of that music for like study music when yeah. I was younger. Yeah. Um, and let's just let's just talk about this elephant in the room that I, I post at least once a year, this statistic. Harry Potter, eight movies, zero Oscars. The MCU, 24 movies, three Oscars. Nine movies, seven Oscars for the Star Wars franchise. Lord of the Rings. Three movies in the original trilogy, and that original trilogy got 17 Oscars. The Fellowship alone swept the Oscars the year after it came out. Just, there was no competition at the Oscars. When people talk to me about best franchises, best trilogies, best parts of nerd culture, best films of nerd culture, I always like to say, Individual moments and individual feelings I can't sway you away from. But in the long run, Oscars speak volumes. And the Lord of the Rings trilogy destroyed everyone else at the Oscars. And still to this day, no, no other parts of nerd culture have been able to hold a candle to not just the trilogy, but the Fellowship of the Ring in general. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure that the fellowship is 10 of those 17 Oscars. If not, uh, I think it's only four. Only four? I think it's only four. Uh, score, cinematography, maybe? Hang on, hang on. Uh, best cinematography, makeup, original score, and visual effects. So I would imagine three is the, where the major Oscars come in. Because I think two so got a that one. That one was like eleven, I think. Yeah, eleven. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, it's just I have to mention that to to mention this later on. I'm going to discuss. We're going to. Do, I'm going to to give thoughts and feelings from people in the social media verse. Um, but that's all I can say to most of the naysayers. Is yes. You individually may not have liked it the way that Juice and I, and I'm feeling like 98% of the world, 99% of the world who've watched them. But Oscars speak volumes when it comes to movies. And the fact that this nerd culture trilogy dominated the Oscars compared to any other nerd culture franchise, I think that says a lot. I think that says all you need to say about any naysayers. And this is not me. If you're, if you're listening and you sent in something that's, you know, not positive about Lord of the Rings, this is not me attacking you. You absolutely have the right to your opinion. But all I can say is in the world of film, Oscars speak volumes and the Lord of the Rings trilogy is shouting <laughs> at you. Um, yeah. Favorite moments. Oh, aside from the walking over the crest of the hill, because <laughs> I know that's in like your top favorite. Uh, that's my number one favorite shot of the whole thing. Um, favorite moments. I love 
the Council of Elrond uh, scene, which oddly enough in the book, reading it, it's my least favorite part to read. Um, but fav- one of my favorite visual moments and all of them coming together and my sword and my axe and you have my bow and the hobbits hiding and running up to him and all that. Love that. I love the, uh, the Weathertop uh, fight with the, the Nazgul and Aragorn with the torch and all that. Uh, Bilbo's party is a good moment. Um, gosh, I love the whole thing, really. It, it, that's that's the almond hen uh battle yes I'll, i love that uh the thing going through the river when they're in the boats and that's they see the statues that stands out to me is and i think we would say the same about spider-man no way home this past weekend is someone says what were your favorite moments it's easier to say all of them yeah than to pick them out um because in this movie, in Fellowship, I don't have a least favorite moment. Because everything from, uh, oh man, from the old man getting flattened by the Nazgul and Bree, to to the Shire, to Gandalf fighting the Balrog, to seeing the Lady in White, every moment that Peter Jackson gave us in this movie is even... Pippen. Have been yes. dropping the the bucket down the well. Yes. The Toss yourself throw, you, throw yourself in next time and rid us of your stupidity. Um, my boy Sir Ian, of course, of course, love him. But I think the thing that most sticks out to me when I think of Fellowship of the Ring is the memories I have made discussing it with people, uh, watching it whether it be with you or with Logan, or with Caleb or with mom once a year, um, sometimes twice a year, taking Madison through the world of Middle Earth that first time is the memories made with Fellowship of the Ring involved. Um, I wish I could find it. I, I remember shortly after Fellowship came out, uh, one of my Christmas presents was a replica from the movie of the one ring that I actually kept on a chain for years. I wore it around like Frodo did on a chain. Me on too. And I can't find the chain or the ring, but I know it didn't get sold and it's not lost. I remember packing it somewhere. So somewhere the one ring is secret and safe. Mine came with a little stand. It kind of looked like the little thing they placed it on in Rivendell for the council yeah. scene. Yeah. And you could put it in there as like a little display holder. But yeah, I wore mine too. I'm telling you. I remember every time I've watched it, falling in love with some new aspect of it. Whether it be a music choice, whether it be a cinematography moment, each time I watch it, something new comes out. A line, a a certain performance, a certain visual effect. Even an inflection that may be the first 199 times we didn't catch, but this time we did. I've been fortunate enough to meet so many like people at comic cons and stuff because of, you know, all the fandoms that we love and all that. But the first person that I ever met from the Lord of the Rings franchise was Craig Parker, who played Haldir 
Yes. And he's like not a huge deal, right? You know, I was completely starstruck. I was like, you don't understand. This is someone from my probably number one fandom of all time. Mm. Probably. It's tough. The changes sometimes, I guess. But like in the flesh, right in front of me, someone who I've been seeing on my TV for years, someone whose lines I know like the back of my hand. I know the facial expressions that he makes because I know that movie so well. Dude, I was just, I made a complete fool of myself. I was like, can I, can I hug you? And he was like, yeah, of course. So he was a really nice guy. And like, we hugged it out and he could tell it was like a big deal for me. And he was really, really cool. But it's like of all people, how dear the elf is the one that, (laughs) that I just completely lost my cool about, (laughs) which was nothing, nothing compared to when I went on to to meet Sir Ian and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I just I always think about that the time I met Haldir and was like, wow, oh my God. Um, and one of the things that has kept the love alive for me definitely is listening to the Friendship on Onion, which is Mary and Pippin's podcast, which is Dom and Billy's podcast. If you're not listening to it and you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, you should be listening to it. Uh, it's called the Friendship Onion. They are just as energetic and loving and friends at this age as they were when the fellowship was filming and when they talk about behind the scenes and moments and just like staying in new zealand and living there basically for almost 500 days pretty much um because what a lot of people don't talk about enough is they filmed all three movies in like a 440 day span so they basically mm. lived in New Zealand for almost like, three years. Yeah. Off and on. So they would do like Christmas breaks and things like that. Like you would at work. Kind of. But some of them's kids were born. And marriages happened. And friendships were formed. And all of them, but one, they all have the Elvish word for uh Nine. Nine tattooed somewhere on their body. Except Gimli. He his daughter has it, right? No, his stunt double. Stunt double, sorry. Stunt double has it. Um, um on the friendship onion, they talk a lot about you know the hobbits sharing the, the makeup trailer and listening to loud music all the time. They talk about their music choices. Yeah, what they have failed to talk about on the podcast is that they actually shared that trailer also with Sir Ian. And they had to put this partition up. You know, they wanted to be respectful. He's like this legendary, serious actor, you know. And the music they play, obviously, is not in his taste. And they talked about how, like, (laughs) on the other side of the partition, they could hear Sir Ian going, like, just grunting and making all these awful noises because he was so pissed off about their music. (laughs) And I've heard some of the music that they listen to because they play it or they talk about it. It's like... Yeah, I can't imagine Sir Ian enjoying that as he's, you know, preparing himself to be a wizard, you know, and go and film this legendary performance. Meanwhile, he's listening to like, you know, the white stripes or something five in the morning while he's getting his wizard nose put on. Yeah, and he's listening to like Vivaldi or or some classic stuff or listening to freaking rock and some of their rock stuff. I'm just like. At 32, maybe even at 21, it's not really my cup of tea, some of the music they listen to. Yeah, 
have very eclectic taste, you might say. They do. They do. Um, so one of my favorite memories is just any time that we get, and it's, it's not like an old memory, it's a recent memory. Uh, anytime we get in a discussion about Lord of the Rings, uh, it eventually leads from discussion to us quoting the movie, like back and forth, and we'll jump from yeah. scenes. It's like a it's like a game. It's like somebody playing doing a, a a mental test on you before you go to space or something to test your mental capacity. Is where can you go? Can you follow along? And like we'll say, like, do you remember that time? You know, like one of my favorite parts, and then you'll say something, and then I'll follow up the word, and then you'll finish it, and then I'll go, and then you'll go, or when or when they're in Rohan, and, and they're like, uh, I would cut off your head, dwarf, you know, and, and then we go there, and then I'm like, those are some of my favorite memories uh, yeah. of fellowship is not just watching it with you or with mom, is when anytime I discuss it with somebody, it always turns into a quote fest. And you love the quotability uh, thing. I do. I do. And it's basically kind of like us perform. It turns into a performance. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody loves it. Oh, well, yeah. oh I think you everybody. Everybody loves when we start <laughs> kicking into the quotability of things. And everyone loves when we start quoting Fellowship of the Ring and <laughs> it's not actually playing <laughs> somewhere. Um I also know that uh, one of the things that I do, especially if it's Lord of the Rings, is I think you hinted to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, is I'll say it before they say it. Oh, yeah. Like a beat or two before it's said on the screen. Tyler's over there trying to say it in the exact same inflection and, and tone and everything. Which I think, yeah, that Tyler, we know you know the words. <laughs> Good for you. You still got it memorized. Um, which I think is where the whole... I think that's the base of my love for impersonations is I think it started with, can I say it before they say it in the same way they say it? And I yeah. think that's where I started with the whole, like, I want to be able to impersonate people game mm -hmm. or copy them or do great voices and stuff. And I think it started with memorizing movies and saying, can I say it just how they say it? Same here, bro. Same here. Especially with Gandalf. Whether it's him saying, oh, Toby, or so do all who live to see such times. You know, like, because this is the same guy who's Magneto. And there are times where there's the similar inflections he does. Charles. You know, <laughs> when he talks to Charles, sounds very similar to Bilbo. <laughs> you know, but I think some of my favorite memories is just sitting around and quoting it with you or Logan or mom. Cause mom will quote it back too. If I say something from fellowship, she'll finish the line. And I think that's where a lot of the love comes from is, as we've said, quotability for me is huge because with quotability comes um, the test of time. If you're still quoting something 10 years later, 20 years later, F familiar familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. What is it meant to you? What is it meant to me? Uh, I think for me, it's comfort. Um, and I think that anything for me personally with nostalgia comes the comfort. So like 90s era wrestling 
Lord of the Rings, especially Fellowship of the Ring, Star Wars, all this stuff that I loved as a kid and still love to this day now, there's just this sense of comfort. This is something that has been a part of my life since I was a kid, a much simpler, easier time, you know, not that the current time isn't great as well, but there's just something about it that, that taking you back to that feeling that you had, that sense of like wonder and amazement that you had as a kid at these, you know, big grand epic movies that you're seeing for the first time. And that just like everything I did revolved around Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings or whatever. Things aren't that much different today, but um, like you're saying, the quotability, the familiarity, the comfort, um, knowing all the music, knowing all the lines, knowing all the movements of the fights. Like that was the thing I would do too. Like I learned all the, moves that they did i knew all of that stuff because it's just my thing you know it's just my thing and it's such a a a story of pureness and friendship and love and overcoming the obstacles as the underdog and, and all those story devices that that everybody loves yeah and you know it's one of those things that i think that most people would love it if they gave it a chance but they can't get past that high fantasy aspect or you know sometimes it's like the silly way that they talk in fantasy i get that but if you just strip all that away and you take the story itself and the visual effects and all that stuff it's an incredible accomplishment one of the most amazing cinematic accomplishments that there's been in my opinion and that's the long answer to your question you talk about the high fantasy uh that's one thing when i pulled a lot of people uh, via social media is, uh, you know, what is Lord of the Rings, especially Fellowship of the Ring? What has it meant to you? Uh, one thing that Madison sent me, uh, Madison Quinn, my lovely girlfriend, some of my favorite memories are watching movies and shows together that have a special place in Tyler's heart. Fellowship of the Ring is important to me because I think that Lord of the Rings was what he was most excited to show me. This movie was my first introduction to high fantasy adventure films. I had been indifferent to the genre because it seemed overwhelming to take it in, but I am happy to say that I loved it and wanted to live in the Shire by the end of it. I felt a lot like Frodo going to Mordor in the past year, in particularly, and Tyler has been my Sam through and through. So you talk about tackling high fantasy. This is, and with all due respect to her, someone who will ask for spoilers purposefully because her anxiety, she needs to know. But she fell in love with the world. And I think I've said it multiple times, watching her fall in love with the world I fell in love with makes me fall in love with her more. And seeing that happen the way it happened for me and for you and for mom and for all of our fellowship friends, our own little fellowship, uh, makes this this movie and this trilogy mean far more to me than a lot because I've probably shared this nerddom with people more so than like DC or Marvel or Star Wars personally. And I've tried to share it with people more than the others. Um, but what it's meant to me is you mentioned comfortability. Um, for some reason... 
when I think of trilogy, especially fellowship, as I think of home, I think of sitting with my mom and watching it over and over and over. I mean, used to, it was a multiple times a year movie, but now, you know, the older I've gotten, the more busy we've gotten with life. It's at least a once or twice a year thing that we sit down and watch the trilogy, Lord of the Rings together. Um, and it's that thing we share because Peyton doesn't like it. No one doesn't like it as much as Harry Potter or something. Um, so it's, it's the one thing that me and her share that no one else in the family shares with her. And that's actually, she saw the post and she texted me. I'm going to answer your question. I fell in love with Aragorn and his relationship with Arwen. I love the trilogy's character depths and enjoy bonding with my son more over the years of reading them and watching the movies as he grew up. So even my mom felt like, oh, they're talking about fellowship. I should say something for the podcast <laughs> that she doesn't listen to or, you know, but that's what it, when someone's like, what is fellowship meant to you? It's meant like home for me. It's meant like I was taking the same journey. I was the 10th member of the fellowship. Every time I watch it, I feel that way. And my Ian McKellen story is one of the stories that um, like, if I'm telling it somewhere, people that will, people will stop and listen to it. Like mm -hmm. I just recently went to this music festival to see Metallica and everything. So there's like metalheads walking around all kinds of people. I mean, you can imagine what it's like. I got to talking to some guy about something. I don't know. He had some sort of tattoo and I was like, Oh wow, that's amazing. And so I pull up my pant leg and show him my, <laughs> my Gandalf tattoo. And he's like, Oh, it's amazing. And look, my Gandalf tattoo is very impressive. It is a beautiful tattoo. And I, I I'm not saying that because it's me and because it's mine. Like it's a great tattoo. Right? It's really, really beautiful. And so people are always like really impressed, amazed with it. And so I, of course, tell them my, oh, I met Ian McKellen outside of a Broadway show and I've got a picture with him looking at it and I'm stopping and telling this dude about it. And all these people are gathering around to hear my Ian McKellen story. I mean, by the time I was done, there was a group of like 15 people standing around staring at my leg and hearing the Ian McKellen story. So like Lord of the Rings is a big deal to people. People know it. People love it. And you know, a cool story like that, Ian McKellen touching my leg and looking at his image permanently, you know, on my leg for the rest of my life. Um, that just shows like, yeah. this is a big deal to people. Well, one thing that I hinted to was, you know, the mainstream, everything changed forever after this released. Especially that's also especially apparent and just talking about the Oscars. But one thing that was sent to me uh, at Geeks Freaks podcast commented. It was the first time I felt geek culture, nerd culture, be accepted by mainstream media. This week, everyone is hyped for the latest Spider-Man movie. There was a time when someone would say it's meant for kids mm -hmm. or look down on those nerding out. Yeah. Lord of the Rings led the charge for nerds in the mainstream media. And yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. true. Um, I'll say that it piggybacking off of what they said um i remember being there and in that premiere weekend 
that Saturday that the four of us went and saw it, I saw people in Morristown, Tennessee, that I had no idea had read the books, dressed up as hobbits, as wizards in Morristown, Tennessee, Josh. Yeah. Like that was the first time where I felt I can talk about this with people, not just like Caleb or Brett or Logan. I can talk about this with people at school because I saw fellow Metaview students at the premiere that Saturday, that premiere weekend, dressed up in something Lord of the Rings or, you know, a wizard's hat, if that was all they could afford or had at their house. They were there celebrating the release of something they had read. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not just me and my mom and Caleb. This is something that other people have read and are excited to see. And the theater was full. There wasn't a seat. And this was the time when the theater was, you remember how the movie theater used to be in Morristown? Uh, it's part where of the, the old, uh, it's where the Mexican restaurant is now, right? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Go up a hill a little bit and there were like eight yeah. theaters. Um, this was a time when that was it. And it was a capacity crowd. It was the four of us. And I saw people I knew that I in a million years would have never thought had read them or been a fan of fantasy. And that was the first time, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings, seeing it and seeing everyone who came out for it was the first time that something felt different for me. That it felt somewhat accepting to me to talk about, to play video games, to watch movies that were high fantasy and nerdy and to be okay with it. Because I saw people that in a million years I never thought would be at a Lord of the Rings movie, but they were there with their families the way I was. And so I, just piggybacking off of that, it did start this revolution. This It paved the way. Because, you know, after that, as I said in the beginning, we've gotten Wheel of Time is now in live action. We've gotten Game of Thrones from books to, to a TV series. Skyrim is probably the most replayed game ever by people. Still, 10 years later, um, The Witcher is massive. And as I said, the fellowship started this revolution type thing that then when they were done, Harry Potter picked up. And after Harry Potter was done, the MCU has picked up and taken the ball. And we've talked about it before that nerds are the mainstream now. It's mainstream to be nerd and to wear yeah. shirts and to see these premieres. Absolutely. And you have to, you can't convince me otherwise that the fellowship of the ring is not to thank for it. I agree. I think that was really the turning point of like, because I mean, before that, I don't, there was like the Xena Warrior Princess show and the Hercules yeah. show. And, uh, but other than that, there was really no you know, high fantasy stuff that I can think of that was, that was big. And as big as that stuff was, it was nothing compared to what Lord of the Rings became. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think that did sort of set in motion this whole, yeah. we want more, we want more of that, that whole type of world, that fantasy world. And it's still going strong today. Absolutely. Um, a few more things that people have sent uh, at Nathan Smalls underscore 13 on Twitter says fellowship of the ring introduced me to the medieval and epic fantasy genre. When it was first shown to me years ago, it is the re reason that genre is my favorite in film and literature. 
and was the main inspiration to start writing my own fantasy book series. Best trilogy of all time. Hey, good luck to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. Um, our dear friends, Claire and Lindsay, one thing that they said, uh, they sent from their podcast at Nerd T Pod. Now that's N-E-R-D-T-E-A-P-O-D, uh, which they're hilarious. I've, Claire's been on the show a couple of times, uh, which basically their their thoughts consists of, wait, wait, wait. I'm still trying to process the fact that Fellowship of the Ring is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. I've talked about the quotability and what that does to the lifespan of your IP. Look at Christmas Vacation, Ghostbusters, Christmas Story, the first Batman from 1989, and Batman. Quotability alone makes things last, in my opinion. Because if I kind of hinted towards it with Miracle on 34th Street. I don't watch it. I've seen it once or twice. It's not in my list because I can't quote it. Fellowship, I'll quote till we're 90 years old. It hopefully... I really want one of the last words I say to be a quote from fellowship, (laughs) (laughs) whether it's in some epic death or on my deathbed. um, Like I want one of the last things I say to be from fellowship of the rings. I think you're, I'm calling it your last words will be, and they call it a mine. (laughs) A mine. That's those are going to be your last words. (laughs) Not the beard. Or I'll be on my deathbed and I'll look over at y'all and I'll just go, nobody tosses a dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) And then he died. And thus he died. And thus excellent Tyler from his mortal coil. It's crazy that uh, Fellowship of the Ring is almost old enough to buy a beer. It is. It is. And next year... Maybe we'll buy a drink for fellowship. I was going to say that. And then the year after that, we'll buy one for the two towers. Exactly. And then the year after that, the return of the king. King. So we're pretty set on the thought of at least one episode for the next two seasons. We'll be celebrating the 20th anniversary of one of these movies. Um, So with the positive comes some negative. Um, At SWO Productions. Uh, this is a friend of the show in the podcast world. Uh, his name's Stu, and no offense to Stu, uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, I don't know if he likes a lot, <laughs> and most anybody would say this on social media who follows Stu in his podcast is, uh, I don't think he likes a lot. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think it's weird. I think they're brilliantly made, well-acted, beautiful movies. On a technical level, they're about as good as movies can be, and yet they bore the hell out of me. It all just feels repetitive for some reason. And, you know, he at least was very respectful in the fact that he says they're beautiful, well-put-together films. Mm-hmm. But, that's undeniable. That's undeniable. But they bore him. Okay. Which is okay, because I have close friends who say, great stuff but they're boring to me, but they yeah. don't like fantasy. The full story is also like 12 hours long. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want to say, if you think that's boring, uh, imagine if they follow the timeline that's actually in the books. And look, dude, like I love these movies, like, like, like anything. Right. But there's moments in the two towers where I'm like, Ooh, like the whole middle section with, 
the Aragorn floating down the river and yeah, all of his little dreams and stuff. That whole bit I can do without all of that. So I can't even. I, I can't. What, what's this guy's name again? Uh, Stu. Stu. I can't even be that mad at Stu for that. SWO so. Productions. Uh, his podcast, uh, also known as Stu World Order. Uh, SWO. Nice. Um, nice stuff. Uh, give give his stuff a listen to. Follow him on Twitter. Um, he's a great guy. I just don't think he likes much. <laughs> uh, the move at the movie seller on Twitter. Definitely follow them. At the movie seller says when Fellowship released, I was not familiar with Lord of the Rings and honestly was super bored with my friends forced me to watch it. It wasn't until Two Towers that it all came together for me. Since then, I have read the trilogy twice and watched it countless times. A weird side benefit of getting into Lord of the Rings was I dug more into Peter Jackson's earlier films, and this led me down a rabbit hole of low-budget horror magic. Yeah. Uh, Did you know, did you see the 90s horror, what I would call classic, The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox? Uh, Not in its entirety. I've seen clips. Peter Jackson. Yeah. And um, you said the movie seller is that seller like C E L L A R? Yes. Right. Um, the FJ podcast says, have seen each of them once, and that was enough. If you love them, fantastic. I am happy you found something that gives you joy. That's all I said. So I take okay. it the FJ podcast doesn't like it, <laughs> which is fine. Again. Wow. If you, you've seen it once, and guess what they did? They didn't like it, so guess what? They don't watch it. That's something that doing this podcast with you and growing a little bit more as a nerd has taught me that, you know what, and especially like I talked about earlier with the Wheel of Time stuff, why are you still watching it? If you're a book Nazi and you don't like what they're doing, why are you still watching it? You don't have to. It's pretty it's simple. It's pretty simple. You don't like it. If I don't like something, I don't need it. So <laughs> if yeah. you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't read it. Whatever. Um, at Geek Peak Pod on Twitter says, to put it simple, everything means t- everything of this means something to me. There's some of my favorite films ever made, telling one of the greatest stories of all time. The relationship between Sam and Frodo alone could carry the trilogy. But there's mm-hmm. so much more to love. Mm-hmm. And it's true. The brotherhood they have, the back and forths, the true friendship, and the fact that there is no argument against that Sam's the true hero. He is the hero. (laughs) The hero of the trilogy. Um, Final thing, Tomes of Evil, a comic book villain podcast, long name, uh, says, Fellowship of the Ring made me a lifelong Tolkien fan. Peter Jackson was able to bring that world to life in a vibrant, whimsical, and terrifying way. The special effects were jaw-dropping, and the performance was among the best of all time. The greatest film trilogy of all time. Agreed. You know? Uh, And I think that in these... And again, uh, thank you all, whether you like them or not. Thank you for sending in your thoughts via Instagram, email, and Twitter. Uh, We hope that uh, continuing, you guys will keep doing it. Like, as I said, it's like uh, 
you know, in that first Ghostbusters, I just basically like reached out and now the, the dam's kind of been slowly releasing all these people like, you know what? They want to hear from me. I'm going to say something. Like, like, like the Ents went up to the dam and they pulled it down. Release the river. <laughs> uh, lots of discussion for next year on the 20th anniversary. <laughs> Thank you all for sending in your thoughts and feelings and what Lord of the Rings and especially Fellowship has meant to you. Uh, I can't say enough about fellowship i could talk about it for another hour but you know we've got lives to live uh, but we are very thankful to all of you that that do listen and leave reviews and ratings and continue to come back and and get in touch with us individually and uh, whether it's just a hey i listen even if you just let us you don't have to listen to every episode but just like when like when you said like someone's says to you like oh hey mr davis i listened to thank you even if that's the only episode you listen to thank you because we're going into season four we're about to finish out season three and honestly you know if things were falling on deaf ears uh i don't think it would last as long as it has (laughs) it would just be us getting together and not recording something (laughs) and just talking Uh, it'd be a little different um more like it was before we started a podcast. <laughs> uh, just us getting together and talking. Final thoughts, final moments, final memories, final anything. Fellowship of the Ring Juice. Can't believe it's been 20 years. Uh, and I, I wish that I knew how many times in 20 years I've watched this movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, who knows? It's definitely a lot. Uh, I love it. It's uh, for sure in my top five uh, of all movies. Uh, Very, very special place in my heart. And I imagine always will be. Agreed. And uh, one last comment. Our dear friend Rev would agree. Damn. Fellowship has probably been my top five most watched movies in my lifetime. It's at least once a week for the past 20 years on and off when I'm falling asleep at night. It's a go-to. And I've thought it maybe I've bought it maybe like five different times, like Skyrim. The fantasy world is great. The characters you immediately care about them off the beginning, off the rip. Magic and dragons and friendship, true friendship, and the sacrifices one makes for the greater good for the world. The beautiful places it takes us to. The story is fantastic. It's just a movie that without a lot of action at the point makes you care about it with just beautiful storytelling alone. 10 out of 10, highly recommended. Yes, sir. Couldn't agree more. My final thoughts are these. I am extremely thankful for the work of Tolkien in general. Um, It made me fall in love with the high fantasy world. Uh, but what Peter Jackson did with Fellowship and the way that it has impacted my life, um, it has also impacted my life in more, more ways than I have mentioned. For instance, Sam. Like, it introduces you to Sam Gamgee, who I think every single person on this planet could strive to be more like in your relationships with your family, with your friends, with your significant others. Sam has qualities in a person, in a fictional world, that there are people leading this country today that 
they don't have. Sam Gamgee is somebody to strive to be more like. And Tolkien gave us that character and Peter Jackson brought him to life with Sean Astin. Yeah. Uh, Sam is like the epitome of loyalty. Mm -hmm. He's like the embodiment of loyalty. Keeping the first things first, you know, like this is my priority. This is my job. This is what I have to do. And I'm going to see it done. And that's what Sam is. And the story would not be the same without Sam. This, the, the story wouldn't happen without Sam. Yeah. And uh, I, while I can't say that Sam is my favorite character, uh, Sam is the character that I think is most important to the story. Agreed. Also, just the world that he brought to life, the places he took us in this first movie, the characters he brought to life, the story he got to tell in a visual aspect. To this day, it's my number one fandom. And it was my number one fandom before the movies, but thanks to the movies, it stays there. Um, beautiful. If you don't like them, that's fine. Um, but if you are a Fellowship of the Ring fan, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Juice, this has been fun. I know that we've already discussed it at one point during season one, but anytime we get to talk about any aspect of Middle Earth, especially with you, I am thrilled and I love it. Same. Don't forget to follow us on all social media. Uh, you can go to 30nerdypodcast.com, which in the offseason will be getting a massive revamp. Go to our directory on 30 Nerdy Podcast. All of our social media is there from Twitter to Facebook to TikTok, whatever it be. And uh, don't forget, uh, if you have any disagreements about anything that is said in this show, at NerdyJD1 uh, is a great Twitter to send all of your hate to. <laughs> um, I welcome it. Gladly. Uh, he's like the heel of 30 and nerdy. Um, he welcomes it. He loves it. He's, uh, yeah. he's like the scholar who's smarter than everyone in the room. He thrives on it. He thrives on it. Uh, big stuff coming. Next episode, we're going to discuss Batman Returns. Is it a Christmas movie? We'll see. We'll discuss. Ooh. Send in your thoughts. Batman Returns. How's Keaton's Batman to you? What did you think of Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman? Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Chris Walken as Shrek. What did you think? What were your thoughts? Send them in, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at 30andnerdypod uh, using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. Uh, we will, obviously, as you hear, we'll put it in the episode. We'll discuss it, whether you liked it, whether you hated it, whether you loved it, whether it's a Christmas movie or whether it's not. Send in your thoughts. Before we head out, go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Catch up on Hawkeye. Witcher Season 2. There is so much happening right now. Get out there and watch it because we're going to be talking about it soon. to be a nerd. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. There's the new song for 30 and Nerdy. Hey. We're going to rewrite Travis Tritt's song for nerd culture. Let's do it. We're going to be sitting down with Beth Crowley again soon to talk about Witcher Season 2. Talk a song she just released and maybe she's doing a little something for the podcast maybe you'll see in a few weeks but we're going to be sitting down with her in the studio soon which is very exciting um so tune in for that uh take care of yourselves be healthy be safe be joyous it's the christmas season be kind to one another have a merry christmas nerds have a happy holidays cheers to you melanine michael vonnen <laughs> <laughs>